Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. This week on the podcast is an interview with Elevation Worship and a sermon by John Gray from Lakewood Church titled Worshippers Unleashed. We hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, we want to welcome you to Awakening Backstage. We're so excited to have Elevation Worship with us. Uh, hey uh, they're going to be on in a, in a couple of hours. We're really excited to have you guys. Thank you. And uh, I was just listening on the way here. What an amazing album. And I wanted to ask you guys right off the bat, um, what was your heart behind this latest project? Um, I think the overall theme of the album, I would guess, uh, to say is that it's just the presence of Jesus. And... Um, you know, we we write these songs out of the heartbeat of our church. We write these songs out of, you know, messages uh, from our church, out of the seasons that our church is going through. And so a lot of these songs are just songs that we're all walking through together, um, songs that our church is walking through together. But ultimately, it's, you know, we want to you know, worship Jesus and, and do, you know, what, what we're going to be doing in heaven for right, eternity, right. we want to do now on earth. That's awesome. And it was such a special night having our whole church in one place together. Yeah. It was at Time Warner Arena in Charlotte, and it's just so cool to have, you know, your whole church body under one roof, yeah. you know, worshiping the Lord. So. Yeah, I saw some of the footage from that. That was, it looked amazing, you know, to be part of that. It was a powerful night. Yeah. How about your, your writing process? I know every team has a specific writing process. How about you guys? How's your writing process? What does it look like? It's different for every single song. <laughs> um, you know, we we have seasons where we're writing, you know, every week where we set aside like a day um, every week where we get together and we write um, as a group, you know, three or four of us. Sometimes we'll go off and do like a writing retreat yeah. a couple of times a year. And usually when we do that, it's like uh, we'll go away for, you know, three, four days set kind of like a goal. Like we want to come away with a certain amount of songs or we yeah. kind of, you know, set goals for ourselves. And then, and then we just set aside time and just write. And really uh, a lot of times it's, it's just, you're sitting with a progression for a long time and yeah. just almost like you just worship for, you know, a long period of time and see what comes. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes it's real pointed and it's real specific coming in with an idea, with a lyric or with a melody and then kind of springboard off of that. Cool. You guys want to add to that, any one of you? Or? No, I was just going to say, um, as our worship ministry has grown, it's been cool because um, some of us have been able to um, find other writers that we click with within the worship ministry. And so that's something we've also seen a lot in the last couple of years is um, people kind of you know pairing up in groups twos or threes, um, just people that click really well in writing, and then just constantly submitting those ideas to everybody and making sure that we're Keeping yeah, everyone in the loop. We're always collaborating. It's always multiple people working together. And speaking of collab, I, I've heard that, you know, your, your senior pastor, Pastor Stephen Furtick, kind of also gets gets to play a role in, in the whole process. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, I mean, Pastor Stephen is an amazing songwriter. Um, before he was pastor of our church, he was a worship leader um, at a church for, you know, several years and wrote a lot of worship songs. And, uh, and he's just... I mean, he's a great wordsmith already, you know, the way that he preaches, he's very uh, intentional with like his words. And so already, you know, coming into a songwriting session, like lyrically, he's just bringing a lot to the table. It's awesome. But, he, but he's a great songwriter. He's awesome to, um, I don't know, it's just been awesome to work with him. Yeah. He's awesome. And having a pastor that is so passionate about worship, right. it's um, right. such a privilege to be a worship leader in a church like that, where he's always pushing the atmosphere of worship forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, as far as leading worship goes, right, 
What would you guys say is probably the most underrated principle of leading worship? Uh, I think for me, coming into just the platform, just knowing, okay, there's a different, you know, different story here today that I'm going to help, right. you know, bring this song to and help kind of usher people into this presence of God. And so I have to first have the right perspective of, hey, I have the responsibility, you know, to to do that well and to be prepared for it. And then also understand, hey, I have to, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, okay, lead me, you know, point me in the right direction, you know, things that I can maybe speak to and mm -hmm. maybe take a moment to minister to. And so I feel like that that's a huge deal in every every room, every church, every platform that you're on. So Yeah, that's a great that's a great perspective. And and I think, you know, a lot of us as worship leaders, we are leading at, you know, more than one service or experience every week. And sometimes it's easy to get in the monotony of like, all right, this is my set list for the week. This is, you know, did it once. Now I'm going to do it the second time, do it the third time. And to have that perspective, to have like that every experience is special, you know, every time like you're leading, it's someone's experiencing that for the right. first time. That right. might be the only time during yeah. the week that they get to experience yeah. worship for that week. And so, you know, really submitting to that kind of moment, I think really is important. I had something too. I think for me, um, it's probably like one of the most basic things, but just making sure that every week I'm taking the time out to to get into God's presence and yeah. and really like seek after Him because I can't expect to take the the people in the audience somewhere where I haven't been throughout right. the week. And so I think that's like one of the biggest things for me and just knowing that there's probably a revelation of God and His love mm -hmm. that people that the people in the audience need to hear that I've yeah, gotten. Yeah. So just like sharing that and just being obedient to his spirit too. So. Yeah. And, and in that, on that note, um, we know leading worship has the tangible side of it and in the intangible side. How are you guys growing as worship leaders right now? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, I think obviously what Jenna was saying, you know, spending time in the word, like spending time with Jesus is yeah. the best thing that we can do as worship leaders. That's the best thing we can do for our personal, you know, spiritual health. Um, because yeah, we can't lead people where we haven't been before. And so that's, you know, I think like that's the biggest thing. Um, but then also, you know, being plugged into a church, yeah. being plugged into a community of people that know you well, that are challenging you, pushing you to grow. Um, that's, you know, how we move forward. That's the way like the, God created the church to keep us accountable, to, to kind of keep us in a community of people pushing each other forward. Yeah, cool. yeah. And uh, one last question, and you guys, any one of you can, can jump in. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, youth worship leaders yeah. that, that, follow the leadership collective uh, how would you encourage someone that uh, maybe in a season where you know sometimes the worship seasons have different flows and webs and stuff so how would you encourage someone that's probably in that stuck mode of of the redundancy of of leading worship um for me i found uh when i'm going through a season where maybe i'm just like not feeling it um, I really try to connect to stories um, of people in our church. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the s staff at Elevation, they're so good at, at keeping those stories in front of us. Another thing we try to do is in between services or after the worship experience, going to talk to people in the lobby or outside um, and just hearing different people's stories. And for me, 
I could be having the worst week, but if I'm, you know, taking the time to talk to someone or read about someone's story and reading what they're going through, then it immediately takes the focus off of me. And it reminds me that like every single person in the audience has a different story. They have a different, you know, hurt, a different brokenness that they're feeling. You know, they walk in with, with so many burdens and it just, you know, immediately takes that focus off of you and reminds you that you're here to serve a bigger purpose and lead people into the presence of the Lord. So. Yeah. One thing I would just encourage, have the understanding and the right perspective of, of shepherding your team and just knowing that, Hey, God has given you and placed you certain people just in your circle that you need to help walk through in, in their journey of, of their faith. And so, having that perspective. And then also to, again, just knowing your responsibility um, with shepherding the people that are in your church and in your ministry, you've been given the responsibility as a worship leader, worship pastor, Hey, to use the tools in the word in the Psalms and apply that and teach that, you know, to, to the people and, and just bring that worship culture um, to life in your church. And so I think that's a huge thing. Thank you so much for being here, guys. This yeah, has been very helpful. Us. I believe that's it's going to minister to a lot of people. And once again, this album is amazing. Thank you. Know, you. Make thank sure you. you get this. You need this in your life right <laughs> We're now. We're excited for tonight. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, thank you. Wait. Thank you. Tonight, I want to talk about worshipers unleashed. Worshiper unleashed. So... I need you to go to Mark chapter 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, I know some of you don't have anything to take notes with, but for those who do, I want to give you a couple things that I want you to write down, and then I'm going to preach like I feel it. And we're going to do our best to destroy every stronghold with the currency of our mouths, the sound from our feet and our hands. Full contact worship. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, reading from the New King James Version. And when Jesus had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him. No one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, somebody say always. 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 Night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. What a painful existence. All day, all night, constantly in agony, constantly in bondage, constantly reminded of the wrong you've done, constantly reminded of the sin of your past and the hopelessness of your current situations. You're not even allowed to come into the town. You live in a graveyard. It's where you live. Watch this. When he saw Jesus from afar, 
he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? Identity is everything. Who am I talking to? Jesus wanted to know, who is this I'm talking to? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. This is important, Jordan, because when you do spiritual warfare like this conference does, the enemy doesn't mind coming out of a person as long as you don't send him out of the region. But not only is he coming out of folk, he's getting out of this region. Do I have anybody willing to believe that God can change the atmosphere over the entire New England territory? Revival, breakout, spirit, breakout, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Yeah. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Praise break. begin to break chains off of the mind of your young people right now. Shift the atmosphere in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost. Change entire youth groups. Fill them Holy Spirit with fresh fire, with fresh power in the name of Jesus. The sound in this room unlocks the next place of dominion and authority in the earth. Somebody say, break every chain. He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. A large herd of swine was feeding near the mountains, and the demons begged him, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, say 2,000. Say it to somebody, he had 2,000 demons. Just think about that for a second. He didn't have five. He had 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus 
and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. That's strange. Now, you weren't afraid when he was in the tombs, cutting himself with stones, in bondage. You weren't afraid. But now that he's sitting clothed and in his right mind, you're afraid. And those who saw it told it to them how it happened to the man who had been demon-possessed in the swine, and they began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. You're a witness to a miracle, and because you don't understand it, you want Jesus to leave your region. There are going to be people that won't understand what's happening here, and they're going to be like, man, go on with that. That didn't really happen. But you don't move from the spiritual place of authority that God gives you. You stay right there in the real estate of your community, in the real estate of your youth group. Don't you move. Watch this. When Jesus got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might go with him. However, Jesus didn't permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends. Tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. I'm talking to you for a few minutes about worshipers unleashed. Say unleashed. unleashed. How many people have a, a, a pet, a dog? I mean, I don't have a dog, but if I had a pet, it would be a dog. I'm a, I, love, I love dogs because they act like they're glad to see you all the time. I don't like cats. I don't do cats. Cats have a spirit of pride on them. I can't stand, don't, don't make me feel like I'm glad to come into my house because you're there. <laughs> hey, kitty, kitty, meow. <laughs> Dogs, man, are loyal. I saw a homeless dude with a dog. How loyal is that dog? Man, I ain't even got no place to stay, but I'm just, I love you, man. We can stay up under the fridge. I'm cool. <laughs> if that homeless man had a cat, he'd be like, meow. <laughs> Something about a dog has a loyal heart. And even the tiniest dogs, if they think somebody's messing with their master, he weighed 12 ounces. You could flick him. But because of his loyalty, he's willing to lay it down for the sake of his master. I just want to know, I believe God is saying, where are my dogs at? Where are my dogs at? <laughs> you ever took your dog to the park or to some grass on a leash and you're trying to hold him and he sees open space and he just, <laughs> but he's got the leash over so there. <laughs> he turned around, let me go, let me go, please, let me go. I see a tree over there that's calling my name. 
He just over there like, ha, ha, You know what a dog does when it gets unleashed? It goes to marked territory. I'm looking for anybody ready to mark some territory. I said I'm looking for anybody ready to mark territory. mark territory and be like this belongs to God this street corner belongs to God my high school belongs to God my college belongs to God my family belongs to God where my dogs at somebody say mark your ground high five two more people tell them mark it mark it I need two people over here give me a high five mark it girl come over here and give me a high five it's about to be a problem in here in about seven minutes Shout out to the balcony because there's some rowdy folk up there. I love balcony folk. Balcony folk got to come hungry. Balcony folk, I declare a double portion over you right now. We speak life over you and your family and your friends. Supernatural miracles break out in the balcony right now. Holy Ghost, fresh wind. Fresh fire in the name of Jesus. Worshippers unleashed. Hold on. Hold on. You ain't there yet. Let me get to my store. Oh. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Rain, Holy Ghost. Flood, Holy Ghost. Hell, Holy Ghost. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Why? Because all it takes is one lifted hand start an outpour but if we can get more than one that
that means multiple places of favor and abundance begin to flow. Prophetic release. Where are my dogs at? People aren't too afraid of cats. But you never can tell when a dog is going. It's time for the true worshipers to say, devil, you've, you've had me in hostage long enough. You've, you've kept me in bondage long enough. You've lied to me long enough. Go ahead, God, and unleash me so I can tear Satan's kingdom down. said that he was often bound with chains. How many of us can be honest to say that sometimes in our walk with Christ, we find ourselves in bondage? One, two. And if it's not you, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to make you say anything that, that you, you don't believe. But this is for the ones who know every now and then walking with Christ is not easy. And he never promised that it would be easy. He just said he wouldn't leave you or for... I need somebody to praise him because he never left. I need somebody to give him glory because he never left. No matter what we did, no matter how many times we failed, he stood right there and said, you belong to me. You know why you've been going through so much? Because the devil knows if you ever get unleashed. See, Jabin, this is what I've come to learn about the tactics of the enemy. He only has a limited supply. So he only sends devils to people that he just has to keep in bondage. He doesn't waste demons. So if you've been battling with depression, guilt, shame, fear, uh, you've been battling with, with you know, sexual urges and, and all of the stuff that comes with being a teenager and a young adult. Maybe you made some bad decisions in that area. Guess what? All of that stuff that comes, that's hell's best shot. It's designed to stop your worship. But I want you to know that your God is not limited in his supply. 
my God shall supply all your needs according to his his riches and glory that is not just natural that's spiritual as well so the greater the attack on your life the greater the anointing that you carry so anybody in here that's been going through drama after drama attack after attack I dare you to rejoice right now because that means Worshippers in these aisles. Now I know some of y'all don't want to get your hair messed up. You need to let it go tonight. Because when you're desperate, you don't care what you have to do. God is looking for some desperate worshipers. felt like the enemies had a leash in some area of your life, I, I want you to know what Jesus thinks of you. This scripture that I just read to you is Matthew chapter 5. But if you read Matthew chapter 4, you'll find out that Jesus had just announced who his apostles would be. He chose 12, pastor. And then he did this big meeting on the shores of the sea. And there were so many people that he could not preach on the sand. He had to get on the boat and preach a far distance from the shore. And here's the thing about church folk. They think Jesus is all about crowds. Jesus wanted to teach his disciples who he really was. So the first assignment After the big camp meeting, all of the disciples on a boat, they're all hyped, they're excited. Man, look what we just did. Woo! Man, it was thousands, man. Did you see that? He chose us. That was Mark 3. And Mark 4 is when the storm hit. Watch this. Funny. 
The storm didn't hit while he was preaching to the crowd. It was only after Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. Because the crowd has never moved Jesus. He's always about the one. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need you to know God knows what you're going through. He's heard your prayers. He's seen your tears. He knows your name. He knows your struggle. And he can pick you out of a crowd. And he'll leave the crowd for one. Let me paint the picture for you. Jesus got finished preaching to thousands. The disciples was like, man, it's probably going to be like this everywhere we go. We're going to need crowd control. Jesus wanted to deal with the hearts of the disciples to let them know this is not a popularity contest. We're not trying to play games with people's emotions. This is not about big crowds. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you say, can God use me? We only got nine kids in our youth group. God doesn't care about the size of the group. He cares about your obedience to the assignment. Praise break. This, the storm came in Mark 4 because the devil was trying to stop Jesus from getting to this other man. He didn't care about the crowd. You can blend in with a crowd. But Jesus said, this is great, big crowd. We got to go to the other side. And he didn't tell the disciples what the assignment was. But on the other side of that sea was a man that everybody else had given up on. On the other side of that sea was a man that was in so much bondage, nobody saw value in him anymore. On the other side of that sea was a man that not only everyone else had given up on, he had given up on himself. I don't know what you got to do to get 2,000 demons, but he was as broken a man as you could humanly imagine. Everything you can do, he had probably done. It's funny, because church folk would have judged him. Ain't no way God can use him. Look at her, she nasty. Everybody know what she used to do. Look at him, look at the way he switch around like a little girl, but you don't know he was abused when he was little, so stop judging. You don't know how he got to where he is. It's funny how we have grace for people who sin like us. But when it's a different sin, we don't have as much grace. Mm. You smell like weed. 
He been drinking. He smelled like liquor. Well, you smell like pride. Two thousand demons is nothing to play with. The devil sent two thousand demons to one man. Why would he send two thousand demons to one man unless that man carried something that was so powerful that if he ever got free, it would change the world? I came to announce tonight that you're about to get free and it's gonna change the world. So the wind and the waves tried to sink the boat because the enemy did not want Jesus to get to the other side. What did Jesus do? Woke up from sleep, peace be still what y'all was scared of. <laughs> a lot of times people think you got to be real deep in all of that. Wind, water, I have come to speak to thee. I declare by the power of my father that you bow down. Jesus was like, peace be still. Real power can whisper. Jesus can whisper to you in your broken place and heal you. He can, he can whisper to cancer and tell it to die. He can whisper to sickness and tell it to leave. He can whisper. He doesn't have to yell. He doesn't have to scream. He can whisper. And it still has to bow down. My God is able to do it. I said my God is able to do it. He can deliver you. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can restore you. And he can do it tonight. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. For more content and resources, head over to awakeningconference.com and share this podcast with someone you know. We'll see you next week.